This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brittany. Cut this out if you want to. I don't, I don't care. Cut the f*** out. Background on that. Has she told you that someone complained that I said that I cussed too much? I did not tell her. <laughs> Do I cuss too much on the podcast? Have you listened to it before? I have listened to one episode. One episode, okay. Yes, right, one cool. full episode. I've listened to little bits of the others, but like one full. Alright. Did I cuss too much? I didn't think so. She also works with me though. Like that's okay. That's cool. Alright. <laughs> Welcome to Main Corpse. If that opening was a little awkward, we apologize. Uh, my name's Matt. I'm Kelsey, and we're here today with Kara Linneberg. Yeah, so Kara is the author of, and correct me if I'm wrong here, The Broken Prince, The Crownless King, and her new book, which we're going to talk about today, which is called... A Study in Terminal. A Study in Terminal, yep. Uh, so she comes from right here in West Virginia, where we do, um, and we're super excited to have you. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, things going to be really fun. So what food did you pick today, Kelsey? <laughs> I didn't pick anything rude. Um, <laughs> Kara, when cornered today, uh, decided on Italian, and then I was told to order just a couple of different things, so I ordered it all. <laughs> In your defense, let me let me look. You ordered one, two. You ordered five different things. We just didn't understand that those five things would be enough food to literally feed. I'm gonna say we can feed twenty people. Probably. Right now. I specifically remember saying, "I'm trying to figure out what I need to get for five people," and no one stopped me when I was making the order. I feel like if someone came to me and made this order. I would have been like, listen, I feel like you're ordering maybe too much. Maybe. Maybe too much. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really awkward picking it up. Sounds like it was <laughs> awkward ordering it. I'm not going to get into why, because if the food's good, I would like to be welcome back there. Um, so what's the name of the place? Uh, it's Vito's Pizzeria and Restaurant. All right. So you decided on Italian food. Why Italian food? I can basically eat anything. And that was the thing that Kelsey recommended when I had no clue what to pick. I so. said we could have Vietnamese, we could have Italian. I and I said, okay, things. Italian. Yeah. Okay, Italian. That's No that's special reason. Way. I do love Italian food, though. So on the plate in front of me, I have a <laughs> slice of pizza. What pizza is it? Because you're the one who, I don't even know what okay. all of it is. So, so I got a white pizza with uh, banana peppers, olives, and half of it has, what does it have on it? So half of it has pineapple on it, which I won't touch. I have had pineapple on pizza. I don't respect it. Have you had it on white pizza? This is, do you know, so quick aside, <laughs> have you ever had a friend who you tell them, oh yeah, I watched like six episodes of the show and I just don't like it. And they're like, oh, you got to get to like season eight before you're going to like it. Yes. That is what I feel like this is like. <laughs> Perpetually pushing me no. down the road okay, to more let's... and more upsetness. I, I I don't know. Maybe I will try it today. Off, if I try it, I'll do it on the show. But I don't know yet. Let Maybe... me explain. The acidity of the tomatoes with the pineapple tastes weird, but on a white pizza, it's not bad. It That's true. Good. Okay, I, I might try it. I don't know. You don't have to try I'm it. assuming the pineapple already bled over the rest of the pizza, so I'll probably get a little pineapple-y taste. No, I got yours out of the middle. Okay, all right. That's, you know what? That's why we're friends. Okay. And what else do we have here? <laughs> okay, so we got a pepperoni calzone, a steak hoagie, um, spaghetti and meatballs, and wings. And what's, what's on the wings? Nothing. So they're just literally <laughs> They are just wings. wings. Okay, cool. They do have dipping sauce that came with them. Wherever that box is, it's over there. Um, if you want to. I like them plain because they're just genuinely so good they from look, there. They look super good. Yeah, they, they are very good. Okay, cool. All right, where are we starting? Will it? You want to let the guests pick where we start? Where do we start, Kara? Where do we start? Where yeah, would which you food? like to start? Which food are we starting? Let's start with the wings. The wings. Okay. That's, I'm so glad you said that because I'm sitting here looking at it like I really want to try this wing. Yeah. All right. Oh, my God. That is really good. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I haven't tried a whole, like, much of their menu, 
because I tried their wings once, and that's all I needed. Yeah, and you keep going back. Really mm-hmm. meaty. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they're just so crispy. Yeah, super crispy. like But a not little, too dry. But mm-hmm. not too dry. Exactly. A little salty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. They put some sort of, like, very light batter on it, it seems like, to me. Maybe I'm totally wrong on that. I don't know. Maybe they're double fried? I really don't know. Mm. Either way, it's good. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to try a little bit of that because I have a mountain of food that I still have to get to. <laughs> I'm going to try the meatballs next because okay, cool. I'm always worried meatballs are not going to hit my expectations. Me too. I'm kind of a snob when it comes to meatballs. I don't normally like meatballs. Really? Yeah. Okay. This seems like it's a pork meatball based mm-hmm. on the texture. But I actually like these. Yeah, the flavor's not bad. It's good. It's not, like, dry or anything. It's yeah. it's, it's a meatball. It's a standard meatball. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... It's gonna sound really weird. Yes. When I eat stuff, I, I'm a, I, I'm like a, what, what do they call that? Like where the consistency has to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. I like my meatballs to have a little bit more of a like the te- like a texture to them, like instead of being instead of being pork, mostly a little pork. bit yeah. of beef to give it. So like, I usually like the ones that are like um, pork and beef and maybe even like a little lamb or something like that mixed that's together. That's how I like it yeah, too. Yeah, really good. It's really good though. I mean, it's, it's a good meatball. Yeah, yeah, it's good. All right, um, so, I don't know, do we want to do calzone, pizza, hokey? <laughs> what are we doing? Like, we have pretty much um, everything. Yeah, we have one of everything that's ever existed <laughs> on our plate. I feel like this is the Noah's Ark of Italian food. Um, get one, get two of everything and put it on your plate. Uh, I guess let's go with the pizza. That's a, yeah, okay. Yeah, pizza let's try pizza. Because it sounds like it would break it up a little. I like the base of the white pizza a lot. Me too. I know for a fact, like, they're just, like, plain, regular, everyday red sauce pepperoni pizza is good. Yeah. Yeah, is... that's that's really that's really a good white pizza. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing inoffensive about it. All the flavors are good. I love that they put banana peppers on it. Is that just how they make it, or did you add that? I ordered it okay. with, like, I picked the toppings. Oh, I love the toppings. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, yeah really good. It actually um, almost has more of a Mediterranean vibe to it, since mm-hmm. you did it that way. Mm-hmm. Because it's got, like, black olives and uh, banana peppers and... Ricotta. ricotta. I added ricotta to it. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's... Yeah. I like it. Not a lot of people like ricotta cheese. I love it. I love ricotta cheese on stuff. All right. Hoagie, I guess? Hoagie. Yeah. Now, when I was ordering, the person I ordered it from, I said, what's your favorite thing? And she said that she really likes the white pizza... But if she had to pick, it's the steak hoagie, which we got with cheese and hot peppers. It's okay. It's um, it's definitely not the best hoagie we've had on the show. Um, Even though we've only had one other hoagie on the show. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that one was so damn good. That one literally would blow them all out of the water. Yeah, it's this, this is, one's good. It's a good basic hoagie. Mm-hmm. Again, um. Their wing is extraordinary. Their pizza That's is above so average. Good. But so far, the meatball and the hoagie just seems like... Just They're not super flavorful. Yeah. Yeah, it's, your, crazy it's just standard. Yeah, it's just what you get when you go to uh, a mom and pop Italian place. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. It's not terrible, though. All right. So, I mean, I wouldn't be, like, <laughs> bad to get it. Same, yeah. <laughs> if I got it, I'd be like, yeah, I can, I can eat this. Here okay. goes with the... Uh, okay, so listen. I didn't, like add anything to this calzone they, it's just stuffed it is so stuffed of stuff of yeah cheese. it's uh, i'm looking i'm staring down the barrel of it right now and it is uh it looks like mm. is that provolone or mozzarella mozzarella it's mozzarella for sure so it's mozzarella it's got a shitload of uh ricotta ricotta and then it's got um a really nice pepperoni base underneath it so this strikes me as less a calzone and more a stuffed pizza it mm-hmm. is yeah. yeah it's literally what did you say? It's like a 16-inch pizza they just rolled over and put some stuff on it? It doesn't matter. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. It is really good. I like it better than the hoagie. But I'll say, this is probably the best thing I've had today. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this. I would yeah. get this a second time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it comes with marinara to dip to dip it in or to pour in it. Um, I just don't know if it's any good. So maybe, I could, maybe we should try that, too. Because that might wake it up a little more. Because it's really good the way it is. The ricotta is super thick. It's an inch thick. Yeah. Just nothing but I think Britt got pictures of that so yeah. we can add it to oh, like, yeah. whatever. Here you go. Don't grab a hold of that because it's just right cheap. Oh. I literally said don't do that. And <laughs> he's like, I've got it. <laughs> 
Understood. And I just effing picked it up. Would you like some of this? I would. Okay. We're passing the, uh, the marinara around the table. Yeah, but so far, this is uh, what I like the most. For sure. I'd say a really standard red sauce. It's the same that's on the spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly good. the same. Now, don't get me wrong. They have such good food, and they excel at specific items. Mm-hmm. Like, their desserts are really good. The, like, one or two things that I've had there gotcha. are super-duper good. I really like the pizza. I love the wings. But I wanted to kind of branch out, and I would say that the calzone is by far... It's like, impressing me, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say. Like, if I were to go back again, I would order one, and it could just last me the whole week. <laughs> um, it, would, it would be, because, um, I'm not going to lie, so I picked it up, and I was like, I looked at the price tag, and I was like, man. But then Brittany hands it to me, and I'm like, okay. So you get, you know, 200 pounds of food for that price. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was like doing workout. Doing workout to fucking bring it up the steps. Uh, it was intense um all right really really good i'm very impressed with that yeah it was and a so, lot of food i think the last thing we have to try is the spaghetti mm-hmm. so i'm gonna give that a shot real quick this is another place i'm really snobby is spaghetti i think you're gonna be snobby here too and it's the same red sauce that is yeah. the marinara and it's just it's good it's it's too sweet for me yeah it's way too sweet for me um when it comes to a marinara sauce or a red sauce i like there to be a lot of like that acidity and tomato yeah. taste and and you just don't really taste anything but kind of the sugar in this mm-hmm. yeah i don't even get a lot of uh there's not a lot of herbs or anything herbs or yeah. anything yeah there's it's not herbaceous at all um but on like you said when you think about like what they do well versus what they don't mm-hmm. do so well the wing the pizza and the calzone is oh yeah pretty much a knockout i mean it's mm-hmm. really good um the spaghetti and meatballs if you like basic spaghetti and meatballs it's good but you know it's it's like what you get in the diner when you get spaghetti and meatballs yeah yeah the hoagie is okay too yeah we for sure like tried some really great stuff today and guys check it out matt didn't even say this is the best place we've ever had on here <laughs> all right so yeah i didn't because it's not how about that how about that is, is that what you're trying to get me to say? <laughs> um, I'm just trying really good, to though. explain to our viewership that we're honest. We are honest. Um, you're all yeah. honest. And Kelsey, <laughs> Kelsey totally did call me out last episode for saying that uh, <laughs> the place we ate was the best place we ate. Because apparently I had said it before. So. The last three episodes. <laughs> it just kept getting better That's... and better and better. Come on. That's, that's a valid excuse, right? <laughs> It totally is. Like, we've had some really great food. We had good food, like, really good food today, but we also yeah. had some meth food. That's yeah, what happens the, um, when we get a buffet. The calzone. Like, I, I can't get past it. I think it's uh, yeah, no, the calzone incredibly was really impressive. Good. It's better without the marinara, which is really weird, because, like, when I go somewhere like uh, that? a deepy dough or something like that, I love getting their marinara with it. Uh, it's like my Their marinara thing. is more, like, like you said, acidic, more mm-hmm. tomato-y. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, um, Mountain State Pizza, their their marinara, it's it's mm-hmm. literally just crushed up tomatoes. It's mm-hmm. so good. That's how I make my spaghetti sauce with yeah. just crushed up tomatoes yeah. and all just crushed tomatoes all the oil and all you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, a little salt, a little pepper. Oh yeah, you're good. So that was what's the name of the place again? Vito's Pizzeria and Restaurant. It's on 104 Park Boulevard in Clarksburg, West Virginia, and we're gonna go ahead and tag them in this episode, and hopefully. We can go back because they have amazing wings and calzones. Eventually, we are going to get to the point where we have to go back to places. And if we do, I'm going to I'm going to like do some magic with one of their calzones and add some stuff to it because this with uh, never mind. I was going to say mushrooms, but I I know I know you can get it with mushrooms. We you just, don't like mushrooms? I'm allergic. She's oh, allergic to mushrooms. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not that she doesn't like them. They All don't right. like her. Correct. <laughs> Like most other people. All right, so now let's uh, let's do something a little different. Um, which you guys heard, we have a guest today, and what we're going to do a little different today instead of just doing our normal uh, main corpsing. I just turned that into a verb. We will definitely action. be main corpsing here in a little bit. We will be um, because, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give away that secret yet. Who you? Chose because I was a little bit kind of blown away by that that choice. <laughs> so we have again, Kara um, Linover. I said that right. Yes, you did. Okay, and you are here to talk about your new novel. 
I am. Awesome. So can you tell me a little bit about like where you got the idea for it, where it all came from? Um, I was extremely bored. <laughs> um, it happened in um, right during COVID. It was in March 2020. And I was really noticing the vibe of people. Of course, they're really scared and they're depressed and they're anxious. And the suicide rates were going up. And I was like, all right, I've already seen suicide effect to like my family and my friends. And so I want to write a book finally about this really hard topic and I have plenty of time for it. We're all in quarantine. And so I took the time to tackle it and research different things about suicide and depression. And then I entered a Twitter pitch for it and actually won the contest. So I was like, I got some feedback from a publisher and an editor and she's like, all right, there's a possibility that I'll publish you. And then that fell through and I ended up getting with this other publisher. But it all stemmed from the idea of just seeing how like our world was just really imprisoned in fear, especially like during COVID and how like all that suicide and everything was just hiking, especially among like my generation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of where it all started. Okay, so I, I'm going to talk about the, the book itself. So no spoilers, I'm assuming. We're not allowed to do that. No, right no now. spoilers, please. No spoilers at all. Okay. We do want um, to do a trigger warning, though, yeah, for the Yeah, book. for sure. Before we get into a little bit more about the book, definitely a trigger warning. Uh, but I, I think the book has a, a really good message. And I think <laughs> anyone you. who, I would personally say anyone who... Um, has has had that affect their family, um, is personally going through something that's making them feel that way. It's a really good book for, for well, thank that. Thank you. You know, it's, um, it, it's going to be, I think, super helpful to people because I will say this for how it was very heavy. <laughs> um, so she told me we were going to read it. And she didn't really, and Kelsey didn't really tell me much about what it was about. And she messages me one day and she says, did you start it yet? And I was like, no, not yet. And she was like, it's very, it's very heavy. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I got into it and I was like, wow, okay, yeah. Yeah, I... The gut punch. (laughs) I'm really good about being able to pick up a book, especially one that's like Uh 180-ish pages like yours, and just knock it out in a couple hours. This took me weeks to read. There were some days where it was so... Here's the thing. I don't have... Like, the book is so good. Yes. But there's a point where you have to, like... Step, step back, back. exactly and yes yeah because it's just it's like he said he, it's so heavy but it's such a good book and i had such a unique experience with kara because again we work side by side so she's talking to me about ideas and telling me things she's doing mm-hmm. and i have to see the cover work as it was coming together and that was really cool it was such a cool experience for me as someone who mm-hmm. loves this kind of like young adult reading and because i'm a nerd i don't care um, but like it's it was really really good and really really heavy and right at like the last what 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 did I say like six to ten chapters I was yeah, like oh my yeah. god this book just got so good and I can't put it down I, I think we both I think we both um, kind of hit the same point around chapter fifteen yeah. fifteen mm-hmm. or sixteen it was where we were like okay so it's like the, the it's coming together it's starting to um like the story's starting to gel you're finally yeah. starting to see the picture if that mm-hmm. makes any yeah. sense because before that you're you're just kind of riding along with with your main with your main character and um just kind of kind of going along and wondering what exactly happened here like mm-hmm. what's what's the what's what's the issue yeah that's that's pushing everything along um the other thing that i want to point out about this which i think is really interesting because not a lot of people on their third novel would dare to go with a non-linear story. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, really interesting that you decided to break that up. And the way that you did it is is maybe one of the best ways I've seen it handled. And by that, I mean, you had every T cross, you had every I dotted. And I was like, okay, because I'll be real. You're a young novelist. This is your third novel. And the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, I'm just waiting for a crack to form somewhere in this nonlinear story. Because if you don't know what I'm talking about, a nonlinear story, think of, um, uh, what's, a, what's a big film? Um, pulp Fiction. Think mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction. That's nonlinear storytelling, right? It jumps all over the place. Yeah. But eventually it ties you all back together mm-hmm. in one location. And that's what you did really kind of pitch perfectly with this. Um, so tell me about your decision to do that. Did you know going into it that you were going to tell a nonlinear story? Or did you ever think maybe I should just tell a story 
from the beginning straight to the end without kind of deviating and going down these different paths? To be honest, I'm all over the place. Like, in general, Kelsey can tell you, I am all over the place. I was today <laughs> at work. So, in general, that's how I write. So, I'm all over the place. And I really took the time after I wrote the story to figure out, like, the different plot twists that I had or different mm -hmm. places that didn't, they needed it to all tie together, obviously, at yeah. the end. So, I make sure after I finish the book, as I'm going through the edits, that it all ties together. Just because that's how the kind of person I am is, like, all over the place. So, yeah. So, me and my sister would get together and write down the different plot, you know, the plot twist and everything and be like, all right, where does this need to go? I'd be asking her and I'd be asking my family. We'd be sitting around the table and be like, okay, this is happening. Why did this happen? I didn't tie it in at the end. It just kind of fell off. Like, where did this person go? <laughs> and so that's what happened. It yeah. literally, I don't know how it came together at the end. I would, my family helped me get through that and they sat around the table and talked about it for a long oh, time wow. during dinner. So that's, that was our thing was just trying to get it together yeah. at the end. Because it's, because again, most, most, um, most young writers who are just starting out aren't really going to venture into territory like that because it is dangerous. Like yeah. you said, there's, oh, yeah. there's this possibility that I start this storyline and I never finish exactly. it. Exactly. I go down this road and I set it up to, to matter later on and I never finish it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to give you one thing, and this is not a spoiler, I don't think. If it is, Brittany, you can cut this out. <laughs> um, if it is a spoiler, The Treehouse. Uh -huh. Early in the novel... You just, I mean, you just barely mention it. And then the treehouse comes into play later on. Okay, so uh, that's something I want to talk about, too. Because are we going to, like, are we going to follow the characters in that specific part of the book any further? Because I feel like they have... <laughs> no, no, okay, so listen... I feel that Sean has told his story, and uh -huh. his epilogue was perfect, yep. and it all came yeah. together really, really well for him. But what about the other people from the treehouse? Because I have so many questions about them, and I think they could have their own story. Like, And I have thought about that. Uh, of course Joe. you have. <laughs> Wasn't it Joe, his, his friend? Yes. He could, he could be his own. He could and have I, his own I novel. I want to do that. Joe could have his own novel. Joe is, the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, Sean's cool. Joe is really I'm, cool. But I'm like, dude, Joe is kind of a badass here. Like, I, I like Joe. See, and here's the thing. I want to follow the story of, and I don't think this is a spoiler, of the rest of the gang. Mm -hmm. I want to follow them because I feel like there's a redemption arc. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm really excited about it because yeah. that's that's where everything picked up is at the tree Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, like, but like I'm saying, like, it, it's just, it's, it's what's, what was the most impressive about it to me was, and I hate to harp on this even more, was just how you were able to draw it all to a conclusion. And then not only that, like she said, the, the epilogue, the, you know, mm -hmm. it was, it was literally perfect. Um, mm -hmm. I, I am just, just to let you know the type of like film and story fan that mm -hmm. I am. I like the ending where everybody's dead and <laughs> nothing worked and it's just all over with and all that stuff. And even I found like some inspiration in uh -huh. the way the story ended. So did my, my question for you, <laughs> did you ever have a darker ending in mind and you just decided I can't do that to my readers? I thought about it. I thought about it. I bounced around because the story, the way it started out, like Kelsey can even tell you, it's, mm -hmm. it morphed into a completely different story. Mm -hmm. And it was just me really searching and seeing, like, um, I had a family member. It was my grandmother's brother ended up dying by suicide mm -hmm. back in the 90s. And I saw how my family was affected by that. And then I saw how, like, I had an 11-year-old friend who um, tried to commit suicide. Wow. And so I wanted to give hope for these people who feel like they have no hope. And I was just seeing how basically everyone I know knows someone who's affected oh, yeah. by suicide in some way. Yeah. And I was seeing how it's relevant for everybody. And so I wanted to give them that hope in the end. And I couldn't go away without giving them just a little bit of hope. And, and you did. You literally just gave, I'm going to say, a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I you, didn't want to be like I didn't really want to be realistic though. I it think was. it's a really yeah. good realistic yeah. ending to have. Um so here's here's my question for you, and it doesn't have to be specific to this novel, but I see a lot of people say that their characters do things and their characters are doing going away that they necessarily didn't want them to go, but it's their character mm -hmm. and they have their own personality and their own world. What's the most frustrating thing one of your characters has done to you? Um I'm trying to think about that for a second. 
I would say Sean was my most frustrating character because he kept wanting to go different directions. Like, how mm -hmm. I... He was going to have, like, a darker ending. I can't exactly remember what I was going to do to him in the end, but it wasn't exactly how it I, ended up. I had ideas, but that's... <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Sean was super frustrating because he was always going on a different path than I wanted him to go. It was nothing specific, but he was always going his own direction. What a rebellious teenager. Yeah, yes, I, he was very rebellious. Can, right? I, can I give you what my ending was going to sure, be? Sure, I was reading it. That, I was like, okay... He gets on his motorcycle, and he's flying through the night, going home, and his mind's, like, racing through all these different scenarios, and as he tops a hill, like, he can see, basically, like, all the stars are mm -hmm. out, and he finds himself, like, gazing at them, and drifts into the other lane, and just gets fucking, like, smacked by a semi. And as he's dying, he sees the people that he loves, and that's, that's his farewell. I mean, I can... That's that's how I was gonna end it because I was I was reading and I'm like okay all right this would be the fitting ending then I read yours and it was much better. So, um, I, just say I mean that. I like I like books like that though that can like kind of <laughs> you can feel how horribly it could go yes yes the whole time and then it either <clears throat> tips sideways or it does actually work out to some degree and I think that you did a really good job of like kind of holding the mystery and. I really would like I would love to like deep dive a little more into Sean being a descendant of Sherlock Holmes because I just love that. That's how how cool is that? It, it is super cool. That's uh that that was actually one of the funner like little little kind of things to it. Mm -hmm. Uh was was this this thing that kept following him and you always like the whole time I was reading that I'm just going to tell you ahead of time. Um I knew there was something more to that mm -hmm. because it, like he didn't want to like take credit for anything that mm -hmm. happened in the story and he could have at any point so I, in the back of my mind the whole time i'm like this dude feels bad about something there's something deeper <laughs> and then you figure out what you know what's going on later. yeah but what i'll say is for readers like me who go down the darker paths you did a really good job of meeting in the middle um you Thanks. didn't you didn't give them you didn't give all these characters like the picture perfect right mm -hmm. off into the sunset ending you you literally gave them like this is the best we can possibly hope for mm -hmm. ending, if that makes any it sense it does make sense that's what i was hoping yeah. to do yeah, so. and, that, and you did it perfectly so if that's what you were going for great job on that all right do we have any more questions for Kara? I there only any? have one more. Go ahead. And I was I was just trying to be nice in case you had one. All right. <laughs> the other the other one I had. What town did you base um, the location on? I based it off of um, Franklin, West Virginia, where mm -hmm. my dad is from. I okay. thought I recognized it. Yeah, Franklin. I the whole okay. time I, knew, I was like I was like this is every like little West Virginia yeah. lake town I've ever been in like Summersville, Franklin, like all of. All those little towns, you know yes. what I mean, that have that have that vibe to them. Um, like even even Grafton, where I live, yeah. right? It's like right near Tiger Lake. Um, mm -hmm. It's got all that stuff going on. Like it's like you could just put yourself there if you're from West Virginia <laughs> because you've right. been in so many of those places. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I felt that that pretty deeply. It was really really cool. Um, I, I'm going to say that I think you've written a book that when it so first of all kudos to making a book that has a really good message mm -hmm. um because suicide prevention and, and helping people who are suicidal it's 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 one of the most important things we can do because like you said everyone has been impacted by yeah. it literally everyone um i've lost three people from my graduating class to suicide mm -hmm. um very close friends to suicide so it, it struck a nerve with me because of that mm -hmm. so so beautiful job on that but also good job of telling a story you never got preachy you never got um like you were looking down at people mm -hmm. who feel that way like you you just gave them hope Mm -hmm. Which is which is the best yeah, thing you can do for sure. Yeah, so well done. Well, thank yeah. you. Really I good. Really book. appreciate that. Yeah, and they do have, um, and we'll link it on our um, our Facebook and everything. Mm -hmm. But in in her book, she has the number for the suicide yeah. hotline, which is really cool. Oh yeah, I yeah. really appreciate it that my publisher did that. Yeah, but I've actually got it up right here, so I mean, we can read some of it off really quick. So the hotline is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. You can also text uh, 741-741, just text hello, and you can also visit um, nami.org. Yes. So there you go. Um, again, really good job, and, and really good job of, of just telling a good story. I, I was very impressed. I was very impressed with the Thank story. Thank you. Yeah.
Is there anything you want to talk about specifically with your book? Anything you think we might have missed or anything Something you want to say? Did we say the release date? I can remember. No, we sure no, did. Go ahead. Go, <laughs> all right. Go all, yeah, go through all The of release them. date is June the 7th of this year. So, oh. yes. Yeah, and she's going to be doing a book signing. At Panera. At Panera. It's going to be great. Um, so anyway, she's going to be doing a book signing, and we will post details for that a little bit closer, too. We should uh, we should have you put a sticker for our podcast in every book. You totally should. <laughs> <laughs> we'll supply them. You can just, just stuff there them in go. there when you hand it out. Don't say anything about it. Um, <laughs> you know, just throw it in there. But great. no, that's that's great. And where um, do you know where all it's going to be carried? Where people can pick it up? Um, Amazon and Barnes and Nobles are two of the places that it's right now online. Oh, if you can exciting. pre-order, it. yes, okay, at Barnes awesome. and Noble. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know that your other books that I bought them off Amazon. Mm-hmm. But yes, I wasn't sure like if with your publisher you were going to be branching out further. Yes, she's doing a good job at trying oh, to branch out. She's so nice. Your publisher's so nice. If your publisher listens to this and doesn't like us, um, we're sorry. That's true. We're not. But remember that your author picked the content. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and uh, I think there's something else you need to add to her bio. And I'm going to throw out there what that is. So, I was reading your bio, and it didn't mention that you did cannibals. Um... <laughs> I, I I'm reading it and I'm like I'm like okay so here's you know she's from West Virginia um, here's her website yeah nothing about cannibals nothing about cannibals at all so if we can add that like in parentheses like at the end like also into cannibals also oh there we go cannibals. that's what we'll um, put on the stickers yeah well, also into cannibals little so, byline yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously we get credit for that so mm-hmm. make sure our name is on the, the front of the book with okay, yours for sure uh, we added the cannibal part so there you go <laughs> we're literally the worst your publisher's never ever yeah, gonna let us do gonna... this again <laughs> by the way to your publisher if you have anyone else who would like to come on our podcast and talk about murder and food. Um, we're good. And by the way, her book actually kind of really fits neatly into this podcast because it does, it does revolve around a murder yes. and a serial killer. Um, there is kind of a thing about that mm-hmm. in there. Um, so there you go. Yeah. You can tie yeah, it all for back. Sure. And it's got like a lot of themes of mental health mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I wasn't actually anticipating when you told me who you wanted to wanted me to work on. See, um, I knew this, Kelsey. Ah, uh, did you? I'm glad you did. <laughs> so, by the way, Brittany, um, earlier to earlier this week, was was looking uh, was looking up some audio clip for you. Mm-hmm. For I believe it's for this episode. Am it I wrong? It is totally for this episode. I'm glad you reminded me of that because now I have to go so pull it up. So, I'm sitting in my chair in my living room, right? And I'm, <laughs> I'm reading um, a book for another podcast I'm doing in March, and... I, I'm trying to read it, and she said, can I let you hear something? And I'm like, what is it? And she's like, it's an audio clip Kelsey wants to use for your podcast. And I was like, no, I, I think she wants to surprise me with it. And she said, you're going to be surprised. And I was like, oh, okay. So oh, no. now my uh, now my expectations are high for what exactly I, is in this audio clip. So she texts me today at work and said, yeah, by the way, I sent that. I'm like, okay, sounds good. And I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm hoping for the best. You haven't listened to it yet? Well, so I listened to the original, like, audio clip, mm-hmm. and I sent it to her and said, hey, can I, can you pull this for me? Because I think this would be really fun to add. Um, and by fun, I mean t- sad. Um, like, terrifying, apparently. <laughs> I mean, not, like, that bad. Uh, but anyway... So, yeah, do we want to just get right on into it? Alrighty, so um, I got a hold of Kara and I said, all right, we're going to do this interview. We want you to be a part of the podcast. Um, And I think it'd be really cool if you helped pick the food and you helped us uh, pick what topic we're going to cover. And she came right back at me and she goes, okay, here's two names for you. And I was like, all right, bet. And I looked it up and went, oh, okay. Okay, cool. Um, so we're covering today Austin Harif, Um, And I assume that's the way his last name is pronounced because that's what it's been in all of the news articles and the Dr. Phil show that I watched while preparing for this. Dr. Phil did an episode about him. Oh, he Ooh. sure did. Okay, all right. He sure did. He got oh, an exclusive. Um, was, he, was he on Dr. Phil? Um, so. I don't know anything about him. I'm just going to. So the answer yeah. to that is he was supposed to be, and they said for, um, 
for reasons, they were not going to be airing that specific episode where his interview was done. But they do have an interview with his um, his dad. I imagine it's because of the family of the people that he killed were very unhappy about him getting that kind of... Publicity? Um, press. Publicity yeah. and press, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's just my guess based on what I've read. Um, I don't have any obvious, like, knowledge regarding that. Um, but if anyone, you know, wants to call and has information like that, I bet you I could ask a lot of questions for other episodes. Um, when are we going to get an exclusive interview with a murderer? <sighs> it's not fair. Listen, I've made everyone I know <laughs> promise me if they finally go batty, they'll do a um, interview specifically with us and well, we'll get we, our own exclusive. Well, A, not kill us, and B, give us an exclusive interview. Actually, not true. <laughs> I, specific, <laughs> I specifically asked my best friend if she killed me if she'd do an exclusive with you, so you're welcome. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool, I'm down with that. Just don't kill me. Uh, please. <laughs> Matt's the singular survivor. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about Austin. He was born December 21st in 1996 um, in Florida. And while growing up, he lived in Palm Beach County. His parents, Wade and Mina, tell the investigators that it, he had a great upbringing um, they were a pharmacist and I believe a dentist. They got divorced in 2010. And by August of that year, the family said each parent had a significant other. But um, Mina Harris' fiance said the split family got along well. At the time, the two parents did live in separate homes in Jupiter. And Harris' primary residence was with his mom. Um, while he was enrolled in Suncoast Community High School, Austin never got a grade lower than a C. Through his participation in the International Baccalaureate Program, which offers advanced classes and can lead to college credits. And he took courses in biology, chemistry, statistics, and math. He also, at one point, made some remarks in one of his journals about how he thought he was really good at art. He hoped to enroll to pre-med at a four-year university and one day earn a doctorate. Um, he had to take an entry test three times to improve his scores to meet the college prep benchmarks, but he was perfectly willing to do that so that he could get in. I would assume it would be similar to the test that we take yeah, in West Virginia. I would think so. Which I got the same score three times and gave up. <laughs> um <laughs> That's why you never take it. Uh, that's mm -hmm. solid advice, man. Yeah. It's a waste of my time and money. I still got in, and I didn't take it. So, just throwing that out there. Around the time <laughs> he started his freshman year at Florida State, Austin was using his phone to jot down notes, similar to, like, reminders and to-do lists. But by August, his iPhone had become a daily outlet for statements and poems that often like often centered on his purpose in life. He typed phrases such as, keep running even when they say you crazy. And I don't want to be worshiped, but I know I will be. I, you know what, I would like an iota of that amount of confidence. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't want to be worshiped, but it's fine if you do. <laughs> so leading, I shouldn't make jokes. This is a horrible thing that happened. Um, leading up to August the 15th, Austin had become acting erratically, um, he, but it was brushed off as just a quirky teen who was just, you know, casually making claims of immortality and, you know, being half animal, as teens do. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember going through that, you yeah. Okay, so this really reminded me, do you remember when we were in high school and the half-wolf people, the people who thought they were werewolves, were all over the news. Um, I don't remember that, but now I want a time machine to go back and... Oh my god, we have to, you have to You mean to like Animorphs? Like no. the book Anim like the book. No. Do you remember Animorphs, the books? Not even a little yes. bit. Yeah. But I think, I think we should really I discuss that. I'm clearly the oldest person in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember okay. Animorphs, it's just not what it was. These people oh, said gotcha. they were actual okay. werewolves. Okay. I, I mean, I, I believe it. it. I believe it. 
They're all kinds I'm pretty of... sure it happened in Florida. By the way, <laughs> the only thing I'm taking away from this so far is don't go to college in Florida. Just stay away. Between Danny Rawling and now this, um, stay away from colleges in Florida. They're it just Florida know. State because it's the same place. I thought I thought the other was University of Florida. Mm-mm. In Florida State. Were they both Florida State? Yeah, because I oh. called it uh, Fairmont State last time. Oh, you did. You did call it Fairmont State. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Florida State is a no-go. I'm not ever going anywhere near that campus. Um, Honestly. I'm too beautiful. Someone will definitely try to kill me. It's true. So it's it's true. I, you know what? I'm really resisting the urge to do it right now. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I can see that. All right. So when the 19-year-old college student was home on summer break, his erratic behavior had gotten so serious his family considered getting him evaluated for his mental well-being. It, however, did not happen. On the day of the killings, he told his sister and a friend that he was an immortal and half-human, half-horse. <laughs> Sorry. There you I go. almost cracked a horrible joke, and I, I'm not going to. <laughs> So the behavior was really troubling to his sister, who told <laughs> investigators he made me uneasy because he was just being a different person. Um, <laughs> he told she told her brother that he really needed to undergo some professional therapy. And she recalled when talking to investigators that um, he was actually really open to that idea. He was really receptive to the idea of going to therapy. And this was the same day that he committed these horrible killings. Wow. Um, that evening, um, he was having dinner with his father, and um, according to um, court documents, he left abruptly and made it as far as his mom's house, and she just drove him back to the restaurant. Oh, my gosh. Um, and after that, he apparently left again, and that's where our story gets really horrible. Um Wade, his father, told um, Dr. Phil on the Dr. Phil show that his family does have a history of mental illness, including schizophrenia. In a 911 uh, call the night of the killings, Harris' mother said her son was acting like he had schizophrenia, like he was delusional. Um, there, are, there is actually a law in Florida which um, is called the Florida's Baker Act, which allows someone whose mental health is in question to be detained by health professionals or authorities for up to 72 hours. So that said, uh, they apparently did not go forward with any of that. And, um, you know, this this reminds me of um, the one of the most recent, and I hate that we even have to say it that way, school shootings, the one where the parents fled. Did you guys hear about that? And then they no. caught the parents later on. This this reminds me a lot of that because they were they were the, his parents sound very similar. The parents of the shooter, all the signs were there. Uh -huh. They went and bought him the gun, taught him how to shoot it, um, and even went to the school the day of the shooting. They were brought Gosh. to the principal's office and and they were told, "Hey, he's like something is not yes not okay, and we need to get him help." And they refused to listen and left. And, and an hour later, he killed his classmates. Um, why we hear this all the time? Like, I, I'm sorry, but like, if if Brittany started acting like that, you better bet. Like, I'm calling someone to be like, we need help. Um, it's really odd to me that that parents would see their their child acting that way and wouldn't do anything about it. But I guess maybe I've never been in their shoes, so I don't know. Thousands of pages of cell phone and internet search records were released by the state's attorney's office. Um, and they included notes that he wrote to himself, as well as his internet search history and text messages. Um, <coughs> searches that included how to know if you're going crazy, apply to become an Illuminati member, member and um, exploding head syndrome. Just hours before the attack, Harif wrote, I wish to be normal, just a normal guy. Not too nice, not too mean, but I can still run because I can't be tamed. Later, he wrote, Sintar, you are awoken. Don't let them kill you. In an exchange, six days prior to the killings, Harif asked an unknown person for drugs. Said, don't need any more weed, but our shroom's good. And the person replied with, um, their golden teacher, properly dried and cured. It seems as though he did go forward with purchasing hallucinogenic drugs. The day of the killings, Harif came upon the couple in their garage. 
he attacked them with a knife. And I actually have a picture. They released so many crime scene photos. Um, this is the knife from the crime scene that he Oh my gosh. Send those to me so we can include those online. Well, I'll put them behind a wall so people have to click if they want to see them. Yeah, there you go. He attacked the couple with that knife. And during the attack, a neighbor came to their aid only to end up stabbed as well. And that's actually the 911 call that I have here. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and play that for everybody. Please hold while my computer allows me to do things. Can you imagine (coughs) being this guy? crazy. Do you have the vid? I uh, know, no, I definitely don't have the vid. I don't think I have the vid. Please don't have the vid. Nine one one, you need fire, police, or medical. Please and medical. And medical on the line. It's late, sir. Don't 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 open that. Don't open that. Fire rescue. What's your address? Young man beating up a woman across the street. Okay, are they outside or in a house? It's in a garage. Okay, can you tell if he has any weapons? Um, I think he had a knife, but I'm not positive. Okay, can you tell if she's injured or he's injured? Say again? Are, are either of them injured? Can you tell from where you are? Yes, there's a girl laying on the ground. He beat her up. I ran over there. I'm bleeding profusely here at the moment. Okay. I don't know what happened. All right. Can you tell if she's conscious or is she unconscious? Say again? Can you tell if she's conscious? No, it does not appear so, no. Okay. And how? what kind of injuries do you have? Uh, I've been stabbed in the back. With a knife? Yes, I believe so. It was tough to tell. Okay, you couldn't tell how long it was or anything? Community ambulance? Complete. Yeah, we're Quickly, sending please. them. We're sending them. And where is he? Is he yeah, I think in he's the area in the garage, still? Right okay. across the street from my house. All right. What's your name? Okay. All right, we're going to get the paramedics right out sir, there. Sir, what did the guy look like? Was he white, black, Hispanic? He is white. You know how old he is? About 25 years old. And what was he wearing? Um, shorts and a t-shirt. Do you know who he is? I have no idea. Does he live at that house, or? No, he does not. Does the female look familiar to you? Um, I believe it was the daughter of the house that lives over there. I'm not positive. Can you have your wife or, I don't want you moving if you've been stabbed, but I, can you have your wife or someone look out and see if he's still there? Um, I don't know. See if that car is still there, honey. It appears he's still there. And you, you said you, you definitely saw a knife and that's what he hit you with in the back? No, I did not see it. But my wife's looking at my back and it appears I got punctured. Yes, Dad. In the neck, in the head. Three, three puncture wounds. Okay, we got units in route, okay? Okay. All right, just call us back if anything changes, all right? No, no, don't jump over there on me. All right, I'm bleeding pretty bad. Okay, we got we got an ambulance and everybody in route. Just stay right there and stay calm, okay? Okay, thanks. All right. Wow. Yeah, so that's the 911 call that the neighbor um, put in. <clears throat> Um, when he arrived, the neighbor trying to aid them, um, they were still alive. Austin Harriff, 19 at the time, not 25, as he said in the 911 call, um, was accused of killing Michelle and John Stevens outside their home in Stewart, Florida, in August, August 15th, 2016, shortly after he had stormed out of his family dinner. Police say that the former college student was believed to be high on a mixture of drugs um, and chemicals. When they arrived, he was growling like a dog as he chewed the face off of 59-year-old John. He had reportedly stripped down to his underwear and exhibited an abnormal strength, according to the attending officers. Um, A taser did not work. It actually took several bites from the canine 
and multiple deputies to be able to pull him off of Mr. Stevens. Wow. The the family of Michelle um, Mishkan Stevens was very outraged that the lawyers were trying to portray him as a young person with mental illness who snapped. They said the texts show a clear pattern of drug use and that they believed that's what led to the murders. However, FBI lab tests did determine that Austin was not under the influence of drugs. He showed um, alcohol in his system and minimal amounts of THC, but nothing else. He also, that's not true. He also had like the drugs that they had given him in the hospital in his system, but of course he had those. um, Haruf's attorney, Nellie King, said in a news release that her client has a severe mental illness and that she believes he was suffering a full-blown psychotic break. Authorities didn't test for um, the hallucinogenic um, substance from mushrooms because the FBI (coughs) really doesn't have a validated method to test for that, so he could have been doing shrooms, Mm -hmm. but we really don't have any way of knowing that. They had a forensic psychiatrist come in to do a um, an interview and an evaluation on him. And there's so much. I, I actually got to read the actual um, study that was done and all of the things that he determined. It's 11 pages. It's the most interesting 11 pages I've read since Kara's book. But um, realistically, it was really fascinating. Um He says things like, in determining whether Mr. Harif suffers a mental infirmity, disease, or defect, it appears evident that during his latter high school and early college experience, he would meet the DSM-5 criteria for substance use disorder. It would appear from Mr. Harif's text to friends beginning in May of 2016 that his frequency and variety of drug usage was beyond that reported to this psychiatrist psychologist and the defense expert. Such a diagnosis, however, would not be relevant in this context as voluntary intoxication is not a defense in Florida. And he goes on to say, Mr. Harif is currently being treated for schizophrenia at the Martin County Jail and reports feelings of depression and sadness at least twice a week for a short period of time. A review of his jail medical records finds that on occasion he continues to report feelings of invincibility fearfulness at night, and experiencing intrusive thoughts. In reviewing his history of depression, Mr. Harif described feelings of insecurity, rejection, and hopelessness, which appears to have begun in high school and intensified in college. He would describe the feeling as intermittent, and that some days he would feel up and others he would feel down. He also described feeling overwhelmed and experiencing anhedonia, When not depressed, he described feeling hopeful and on top of the world. In the summer of 2016, Mr. Harif reported that he had begun to feel go, go, go and experienced some grandiosity and heightened self-importance. He also described experiencing paranoia at night and heightened religiosity. Um, They conveyed that he began to research philosophy, which included Buddha, Gandhi, and Krishna when where he found comfort. He reported experiencing auditory hallucinations, which he described as demonic things, although he could also hear God. Mr. Harif um, reports that he approximately once a week prior to the event acknowledged the poor, wanting to pay for meals and felt extra generosity. He recalled feeling that he would feel better after he gave to others. He added that he felt if he did well, things will work out for him. He described the feeling paranoid at night. He very much, I like, I don't know what that would mean, but he said it a lot. So that's... Paranoid at night, is that what? Yeah. I saw in one podcast that he would actually go and um, sleep in his sister's bedroom. He was so afraid. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, He believes that he had his first demonic experience in college, yet during high school reported experiencing sleep paralysis um, when he felt like a person or a demon was standing over him. So that would explain the paranoia at night, the sleep paralysis. Um, He indicated also that he had informed his girlfriend he was experiencing monsters and that the devil was harassing him. There's just so much. I took so much (laughs) out of it. So I'm like trying to skip through and find the things that are really important. Um, 
but this is the days leading up to. Um, on the 14th of August, he reported while walking his dog, he began to run and felt like he was a half dog, half person. He further described feeling as if dog spirits were part of him and that he had strength and agility. Um, the 15th, on the day of the murders, he recalled putting on a Michael Vick jersey, which he believed that the dog spirits told him to put on, and in doing so felt invincible. He recalls buying a Fitbit and felt like he was a Terminator. He reports that he went to the beach and while petting dogs, observed the dog hair was blowing on his face and body and felt a special connection to it. Um, he recalls feeling super hyper and indicated that he poured beer on his hand. Um, yeah, it's just all like really weird, a lot of really weird little things. That were so random. Mm -hmm. That were so yeah, random. Extremely random, yeah. And I uh, I don't know that dogs would want him to put on a Michael Vick jersey. I can't imagine they would. That would be... But, I'm sorry to make light, but I mean, that's so weird. I mean, that's so specific. Yeah, and I there's, there's so much more here, but that is specifically like a couple of things just to give you an idea. Um, the recommendations that Dr. Landrum said was it's recommended that if the court finds that Mr. Harif meets the criteria for legal insanity at the time of offense, consideration should be given to his involuntary commitment to secure forensic state hospital as he has a mental illness and because of the illness is manifestly dangerous to himself and to others. It is further recommended that the court retain jurisdiction over Mr. Harif and govern any movement within the DCF with regard to placement. It should be understood that the manifestation of Mr. Harris' psychiatric illness resulted in a psychotic episode so acute that two innocent people were killed and another fatally wounded. Such an event is highly unusual as people with mental illnesses are no more likely to commit violent crimes than ordinary members of the public. Research, however, has shown that violence risk is increased in individuals with bipolar disorder who also engage in substance abuse. That's, that's kind of where we end. He said... Maybe, but probably not. Um, so as of March 2020, Harif still faces two counts of first-degree murder, burglary of a dwelling with assault or battery while armed for breaking into the couple's garage, and then a count of attempted first-degree murder with a weapon for injuring the neighbor. Um, the prosecution has requested that a second opinion on his sanity during the time of the attacks. So... That's it. That's that's where it stands. He hasn't been charged with anything. He's still waiting to, I guess, have a jury and see what they do. I do want to um, talk a little bit about something weird that I found that I hope is true, but I only found it in one place, so I don't know <laughs> that it is. Um, so, uh, yeah. 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 Um, warning on this, it might not be true, but it's weird. So, PETA <laughs> would wrote to the Martin County Jail asking them to serve Harif all vegan meals. And I would like to read the letter that may or may not be real, but I, st I so pray it is. Dear Sheriff Snyder, on behalf of PETA and our more than 5 million members and supporters worldwide, including thousands across Florida, I'm writing su to suggest that you prevent Austin Harif from being involved in any more instances of flesh eating while in your custody by providing him with exclusively vegan meals. We read news stories indicating that he was recently charged with murder for allegedly killing two people and eating the flesh of one victim. May we suggest that it seems fitting, therefore, to then deny him the taste of flesh while he's in prison. Oh my gosh. We all learned in basic biology that just like humans, cows, chickens, and other animals are made of flesh, blood, and bone. And that they have the same five senses that we do, and that they share our capacity to experience suffering and fear. We also know that as many documentaries and exposés have shown, animals killed for food are shackled upside down, their throats cut, and they are sometimes scalded or even dismembered while alive for nothing more than a fleeting taste. Although none of us can stop all the violence, you have the power to prevent Hera from contributing to the suffering and death of even one more individual by placing him on a flesh-free diet. Some prisons, including those in Alabama's highest security prison, William E. Donaldson Correctional Facility, have found that giving inmates vegetarian or vegan meals can be a successful part of violence reduction. 
If Harif did in fact eat the flesh of a human, vegan foods could diminish the bloodthirstiness that might even help protect the staff and fellow inmates. I really like to think this is just them trying to stop a Wendigo from happening. FYI, this is this is real. I mean, it's on PETA's website. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for immediately release, November 4th, 2016, has a contact. We could reach out to the contact. It's got her phone number. Like, we can call her right now if we wanted to, but um, I'm, I won't. But yeah, that's it, it appears to, that this is real. Yes. I love that. This is what you come to Main Corpse for, because this fits right in with what we're doing. You know, we're eating a meal, and then we're talking about cannibalism, and then we're talking about how cannibals should be given the vegan meals. So, I, and It's just amazing. Um, so that is my favorite part of the story, the letter from PETA. That's mine, too. It's saying yeah, that... Yeah, that's... Another interesting thing um, that I really didn't get into, when the police arrived on scene, um, he did say, help me, I've eaten something bad. Interesting. And um, reportedly spit out a piece of flesh. If anyone would like to see that photo, I also have that. <laughs> um, that was an ad for... <laughs> Uh, Windows 365. So I think Windows 365 owes us money now. Do we owe them money? I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. Um, we don't have any money. This, uh, this episode of... Uh, <laughs> never mind. It's brought to you by nobody. Because we don't have anyone who's given us money yet. So No sponsors. No sponsors yet. Sad us. Alright, so... <laughs> anyway. I totally have a picture of that. Here it is. Oh. That is that is people in his mouth. Ooh, that is that is dark. That is dark. Well, and I don't think I want to finish my food. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who picked this. Never forget. Um, Looks so, like yeah. a big plate of people now. Uh, That's not true. That's long pig. We don't have any ham in this meal. Um, I, I mean, here's what I'll say about the whole thing. It's it's tragic. Um, Sounds to me like his parents or the people around him could have gotten him some help and, and really kept this from happening. Uh, it, it sounds like there was a, a perfect storm uh, between yeah. the drugs and the, the loneliness and the sadness and the, I mean, clear clear mental illness. Um, and it just kind of... Well, schizophrenia is genetic. And knowing yeah. that you have a history of mental illness and schizophrenia in your family, your son's in college and he's starting to exhibit these really horrible, like, weird behaviors yeah. and erratic, like, behaviors. They And, and they just kind of brushed it off and like I don't I don't want to like victim blame by any means right. I feel like his family is not the same kind of victim but still a victim of his because they are now facing this but I just I'm, I'm sure they feel a lot of guilt oh absolutely how could for you not want? doing something and I think a lot of that goes back to to the way that we approach mental illness in our country um, in mm -hmm. other words, we try to just act like it doesn't mm -hmm. exist. Uh, that's that's a big problem. Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, especially um, especially for young men. Uh, any it's anything true. that yes. that is a mental illness makes you look weak. It makes you look, um, you know, silly to the other guys, and, and maybe you just don't want to talk about it. Let's normalize just being people. Yeah, I mean, like an emotion. Yeah, let's let's normalize being people and having emotion and all of that being okay because that is the human experience. Like. Mm -hmm. I got really heavy there at the end, and I didn't mean to. Well, I, was... I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can talk about this story and not get heavy. I mean, we can laugh all day um, and, and kind of have fun with it, which we totally did. Uh, because it's got, it, I mean, it's a wild story. There's there's a lot, of, a lot of avenues you could go down with that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I really feel bad for, I mean, I feel bad for obviously his victims. Uh, but I feel bad for him because it sounds like he could have he could have had a semi-normal life had somebody... Uh, listen to him because I mean you're you're hearing that he told people these things. Uh, so he was keeping journals, like yeah. he was talking to his sister and his friends, and his sister even said like maybe you should, but I mean it was too late. Yeah, too little, too late. And that's that's rough. That's really rough. I I hope that he yeah. gets what he deserves as far as what he did but i do hope he gets the help that he needs because mental yeah. illness is just such a such a horrible thing to like have to face on your own and not know how to deal with it because your brain doesn't let you know how to deal with it right and then he has to deal with the consequences of what he did as well yeah so 
he has that guilt. Yeah, and that's that's tough. I I mean, this will be a really interesting one to follow and then follow yeah, back sure. up on later on because this is we could definitely do an update once he finally does. Be- mm-hmm. They haven't scheduled anything. Anything? Yeah, I I you know I looked it up while you were talking about, it, and I'm like, yeah, there, he's not mm-hmm. he's not been tried anything like that. So this is an interesting one to watch because most of the ones that we do are long over mm-hmm. um, or are complete cold cases and they don't have anyone. I think this is maybe one of the first ones we've done where it's an, an actual active case. So. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Still active. You're right. But isn't it kind of a cold case? They don't have anyone yet. They don't. They don't yeah. have, like, anyone that they're looking at currently, as far as we're aware. Yeah. So, so. there you go. But that was interesting. <laughs> what a wild ride. It, it, I think it makes sense that after a heavy read like we had, um, that we, we got the, uh, the heaviest ending to a main corpse we've ever had. So... I feel like yours are always more somber than mine, too. Mine are just like... This one's thanks to me. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It makes sense that I was the one that researched the episode, though. It does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, this has been Main Corpse. Uh, We've had a lot of fun. And our guest, what day does your book come out again? June the 7th of this year. Yep, so Kara's book comes out June 7th of 2022. You can pre-order it, you said, on Amazon. Yes, and Barnes Barnes & Noble. Noble. If you can send us the links for the pre-orders, yeah. we will put them up on our Twitter, Facebook, stuff like that. Yeah, so for can, sure. You know, we can get you out there a little bit to, to anyone who listens to us. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we end everything today? I don't think so. So thank you for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. It was fun. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. This was this was a good time. Yeah, this was, was awesome. It was certainly different than what we normally do. It definitely yeah. was a good change of pace. Um, and the food was <laughs> um, it was a lot. It was a lot of food. I didn't know that they only serve giants there. I don't know what you want. Why do I keep forgetting the name of the place? This is Vito's. another one like uh, Sweet Nan Nans or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting it wrong. Um, it's Vito's Pizzeria. There you go. In Clarksburg. So this time I didn't forget. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other spots where you can find great podcasts. Um, iHeartRadio. We're on that app too, I believe. Yes, we are. Uh, so find us, listen to us, and stay effing creepy. All right, huh? guys. Stay effing creepy. But don't effing. bite someone's face off. Don't but bite, don't bite me faces face off. Because that's actual fucking creepy. <laughs> you know what that just reminded me of? Because we said bite fa- uh, face off. The movie with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, I believe, are in that one. Have you ever seen that movie? Sure before? haven't. Yeah, it's uh, effing terrible. So enjoy that. Go okay. watch Face Off. Okay, cool. Uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave on that. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care.